for joining us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies. This is the second season of this podcast, which focuses on the life, culture, and tourism in America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, stunning adventures, and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also with deep roots in these mountains. My family has lived in the Great Smokies for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today's podcast, we're talking about North Carolina pottery with a local potter building a big reputation in crafting a life in the Smokies. So uh, as you all can see, We've had some big snow here in the in the Maggie Valley area. Uh, in my background, for those of you who can't see it, it's it's uh, the motel covered with snow, but it's beautiful. I'll tell you, we had a full house. People came up. We had fires. We had we had sledding. We had food. We had drink. We had just a good old time. Um, and and speaking of the Metal Ark, of course, it's one of the main sponsors of the show. And I want you to imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian field. feel, a place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you could fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, grill the catch on a fire and eat accompanied by fine wines or craft beers. Imagine a place with old time music and world country sounds. Imagine a place with uh, country cooking, but a, a, a modern speakeasy. And uh, there is no other place like the Middle Earth Motel in Maggie Valley. Your Smoky Mountain adventure starts with where you stay. Now, our other uh, sponsor is SmokiesAdventure.com. That's Smokies, plural, adventure, singular.com. And that is a, provides a lot of content and articles about the Smokies, from, about hiking, about waterfalls, about wedding venues, about and, and destinations that you might want to visit. And it provides, you know, the opportunity to get books and trail maps and all sorts of resources to help you enjoy your experience in the mountains of uh, the Smokies. It's, uh, it focuses on outdoor recreation, outdoor life events like weddings and adventures, uh, and it provides a lot of information on where you can go for lodging, family entertainment, events, conventions, honeymoons, and more. Its goal is to become the leading information portal of the, of the Smoky Mountains. I think it's getting there. Some event is coming up. Tuesday, January 25th, 2022, you have the Robert Burns Day birthday supper. And uh, we're having, we were going to have a, a full event happening, but, you know, this Omicron um, virus has uh, put a kibosh on that. Uh, so we're going to do a virtual event as part of the Metal Arts Smoky Mountain uh, Cultural Heritage Program. And it's a celebration of Scotch-Irish heritage in the mountains with the virtual birthday supper comprised of, of uh, you know, ideas of the food and poetry, music and song and storytelling. That happens at a Burns dinner, and it's and then it'll be more to honor that Scottish Bob, that Scottish that Scottish bard Robert Burns, the Black Scotsman Mike Ogletree, an expert on the bard's work, uh, and a resident artist at the Metal Ark will host the virtual Burns supper live stream from this mountain getaway in the mountains of North Carolina. 
It'll start at 5 p.m. Uh, on Eastern Standard Time on January 25th. You can go to facebook.com slash the Metal Arc Motel to get uh, updates on the events and, and get the access to the live stream. So today we're talking about pottery and I'm gonna give you a little bit of insights. So I've, I've, I've found about pottery over the years and some information that uh, people told me or I found. Now, because you know, I love pottery, but I never really got into researching it. And, and, and you know, I, I decided, you know, that maybe I should know more about it. So pottery is an ancient form of art that originates from the Neolithic period. Almost every ancient civilization practiced it in some shape or form using different techniques and methods to achieve uh, a piece of art that had a symbolic function. Today, people love pottery because it really is an escape uh, from the real world of mass production and consumerism. Individuals search for a sense of nostalgia in creating something beautiful or buying something beautiful that was made with the hands. And, it was, and that was similar to what our ancestors had. So it's a, it's a, it's a form of expression, expression that grounds people in the present and, and, and representing some, some symbolic membership in some tribe that they feel very akin to. So to summarize the, the basics, pottery is the craft of making object, objects out of clay materials. And it comprises three major types, earthenware, porcelain, and stoneware. After shaping the clay, the potter uses heat to make it waterproof before decorating the exterior. Uh, and it can involve painting, glazing, and uh, other decorative ornaments. And I'm sure our potter here today, our expert, will give us some real good ideas. Um, so, um, you know, what is it? You I talked about symbolism. What does pottery symbolize? Um, and, pottery and pottery and ceramic objects have a, a significance beyond utility and aesthetics, and they combine aspects of traditional and contemporary art. Uh, every, you know, I'm an artist as well, and every art form carries some sort of symbolic meaning, uh, and uh, from the from the materials to the symbols that, a, that, that they use. But a potter's especially gets a lot of um, symbolism from the the, the material. Uh, the clay represents the earth, and the water used to mold it represents the bodies of water on this planet. And it has religious connotations. Many religions believe that God sculpted the first humans from dirt. And thus we come from the earth. And many ancient cultures use pottery as a form of storytelling, similar to decorative Greek vases that narrate the legends of Greek gods. Um, you know, in the past, people first used pottery to carry water before creating it for decorative persons. First, the purpose is now, but now they use it under, to try to understand the lifestyle uh, they are living and of people in the past. And even the pieces we make today become artifacts for the future. Now, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, and the surrounding Great Smoky Mountains have been making handcrafted items like pottery since this area was first settled. Um, you know, in the beginning, it was used to make, it was a utilitarian purpose, you know, plates and and things like that. But then um, as artisans started becoming more involved in beauty and, and, and heritage, they started creating artistically stunning as well as functional pieces. 
And then similar to the way storytelling served as a practical purpose in preserving Appalachian culture, uh, what began as making everyday items like plates and bowls became a treasured art form that is celebrated all around Maggie Alley and throughout the whole of the Smokies. Now, you know, if you're coming to Haywood County, I'm going to let you know of a couple, few, few places you can go and visit. And then we'll get into uh, speaking with our, our, our expert and artistic uh, potter we have with us today. Now, um, on this show before at Maggie Valley, we have the different drummer pottery, uh, which is a local potter and homegrown Maggie Valley residence. And his family actually helped, was, uh, had the metal arc before my family did and actually built one of the buildings there. So we had a very close connection in terms of, uh, and, and, and their pottery is only a few doors down from the Middle Arc Motel. Uh, and, and, they, and it's in an old log cabin. So it's an interesting place to go visit. And it's been go working since 1980. And then over in Boston, North Carolina, there's the Mud Dabbers Pottery, uh, which has been operating since 1988. And it's a fully functioning studio and gallery that's family owned. Uh, and they'll, you can watch them throw uh, clay under the wheel and use their hands and special tools to create magic out of the air. There's a, in Waynesville on Main Street, there's the Magnum Pottery. Uh, no, in Weaverville, uh, there's the, the Magnum Pottery, where you find all sorts of gorgeous things. And of course, Asheville River Arts District is a, is a mecca for pottery. Uh, and it's chock full of all sorts of art galleries, and a lot of them are our drill and ceramics and pottery, both at the utilitarian level and at the artistic level. Um, and, you, and you have to go there. And then there is the Blue Ridge Parkway Folk Art Center. It's a one-stop shop for all things of Appalachian heritage, including some stunning handcrafted pottery. And it's as the main showcase for the Southern Highland Craft Guild, which is one of the oldest craft, uh, craft guilds in the mountains and maybe in the United States, you'll find a wealth of Smoky Mountain traditions at your fingertips. You can meander through their well-curated galleries, browse the bookshop and bookstore and library, and pick out gift from the craft shop. And for the best part, all you have to do is hang out in the lobby for up-close demonstrations of local artisans, uh, whipping up stunning creations right before your eyes. And don't forget, we at the Metal Art have a Smoky Mountain Heritage Center that has uh, some ceramic uh, art, uh, artwork, and new territorian uh, uh, artifacts, including mugs created by today's guest, Corey Plotz. And Corey is a Haywood County native and is a direct descendant of the famed Haywood County Plot Clan, who was credited with originating what later became the state dog of North Carolina, the Plot Hound. However, Corey has made his own mark as a renowned potter and sculptor here in the Great Smokies. His work is sold all over the world, as well as those those mugs at the Metal Arts Smoky Mountain Heritage Center. How are you doing, Corey? Hey, I'm doing good today, man. I hope you are. I'm doing fantastic. You know, good. And, uh, good. We're, I, you know, I, I, I flew from snow in the mountains to uh, ice in the, the New York City. I'm having a wonderful uh, new, you know, uh, wintry <laughs> experience in the course of a week. When before we were talking about having no winter at all. I <laughs> know, uh, <laughs> I know, it came quick. And I understand yeah. your work. I understand your work today, and you're the only one there because everybody else is snowed in, right? <laughs> I know, I know, everybody else snowed in. But anyway, I'll show up. I'll open it. I'll close it, and work yeah. this podcast. I'm cool. so excited about it. So I appreciate your time. Appreciate you having me. Sure. So um, yeah. you've sold all over the world. Where are some of the places you've sold? Uh, well, 
you know, uh, mainly I'd go up and down the East Coast. You know, that's what I focused on. And uh, that's still what I focus on today. Uh, I've been turning pottery for about 10 years. Um, I've heard of pieces going up to Canada. So that's good. I didn't take All them right. there myself, but they're up there. <laughs> well, so there, there, there's, a, there's a mug in New York City. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh. That's great. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, I just focus on the East Coast, mainly from Philly all the way to Miami, and I'd work a show somewhere every single weekend, yeah. you know, so yeah, it was good. We well, you know having, um, you know, having been a guy that, you know, is, is uh, you know, is maintained his heritage and his, and his and origination in everything I do, even though I ended up having to do a lot of work in New York City because of my other business. You see, I, I keep a lot of my original heritage like that. You know, I wear overalls all the time, right? There you go. Uh, now, they're stylish overalls, but they're still overalls. <laughs> now, you know, a, lot of people wear, a lot of people wear Carhartt now down in the... I was, I was going into Highland, uh, the Highland, uh, you know, uh, furniture store. Yeah. I was down there, and, and some guy, was, you know, a very old timer, came up to me and said, Where'd you get them uh, them uh, overalls? I really like them, and I told him I got them on Amazon. I said, "Boy, it's hard to get overalls these days, but I really like those overalls." <laughs> oh yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Authentic. I got authentic <laughs> confirmation. Yeah. There so, you go. How how have you um, how have you found living in the Smokies have influenced your work? Well, you know, um, I mean, after traveling and everything, you know, I thought I'd fall in love with somewhere else, but I never did. Even from traveling to big cities, little towns, working these shows, it the people were nice and they were always respectful, but nothing's like here in Haywood County. I just fell even more in love with Maggie Valley, and uh, especially with the diversity that Asheville brings. We we didn't leave because we never had to. Everything's offered here, cool. so that was a surprise to me. I thought surely I'd find somewhere else, but there's no beating here. I promise. There you go. Yeah. Well, listen, we have to take our first break. I guess I talked too much to begin with, but uh, when we come back, we'll start talking about a little bit about your pottery, all right? Sounds good, babe. All right. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. 
That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Franklin McElroy back with my guest Corey Plot on the Gateway to the Smokies uh, podcast. Now, Corey, I've seen the, those uh, mugs you made, and they're really beautiful. In fact, you're drinking for one right now. Oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I know, and, man. Uh, I had to. And, uh, I had to. Yeah, you had to. And uh, uh, and uh, and by the way, you can go to Midlark Hotel and buy those on that. <laughs> that website. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and you know, I need you to make me a mug that says, uh, "This is my moonshine cup." But anyway, okay, I will. I will. <laughs> uh, I saw I saw the jokes that you made for the awards for some of the people and things like that. But tell me, what is the extent of what you work in uh, pottery? And, I'm, and you mentioned that you're a sculptor too. What do you work in? Well, I work in stoneware, and uh, that's not just for its historical purposes. You know, uh, mainly the Germans worked in stoneware, and they brought that with them. You know, of course, whenever they came over and found the Appalachia. Um, but I like stoneware because of its durability. Mm-hmm. Also, I like the way it turns on the wheel. It's got a lot of sand in it. It's real smooth. It's real durable. Uh, you have to wrestle it a little bit more because oftentimes it's stiffer. But you could really make a nice tall pot and make a really smooth shape. Uh, but mainly for its durability, stonewares, to me, number one, especially since the invention of the dishwasher. So wow. you can throw in the dishwasher, put it in the oven. You don't have to worry about it. But Hands down, I've always worked in stoneware. And that's opposed to uh, porcelain? and Yeah, porcelain or earthenware. Now, there's right. a rich history of earthenware um, in uh, Winston-Salem with the uh, Moravian pottery. Right. Um, earthenware, uh, little uh, animal figurine flasks, you know, little squirrel flask. Right, yeah. You know, or uh, redware, slip-trailed ware. There's a rich history in that, too. And if I was to do anything but stoneware, I would go into earthenware. But I don't think I'll ever mess with porcelain, yeah. you know. Uh, it's it, Porcelain, to me, it's it's a little fickle, you know. I want to turn it, put a handle on it, put it on the shelf and dry it out and rotate dozens of them, you know. I don't want anything too fickle or well, picky. I, well, I've, I've, I saw, I've seen you on your site. You had some fancy, like, uh, looked like uh, like uh, pitchers or, or either that or they were, uh, they were Turkish, um, you know, smoking implements, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. they were like long and narrow and had spots and, uh, they, they, you know, they look kind of cool but uh, uh what do you do sculpture as well i do yeah and that's and thanks to terrence painter terry painter down there a different drummer after oh, really? seeing his work and growing up seeing his work how detail oriented it was most most potters don't put that attention into detail but right. i always admired him for doing that i'd see his work at quick draw for uh, scholarship programs for the uh, schools here in Haywood County. His beautiful trees and stuff. So once I saw his work, and I'd always drawn and painted, so I've decided to do those rooster jugs, which is, it's they're tedious, feather by feather. I cover an entire jug and sculpt a rooster out of it. And I've now turned them into lamps. 
Wow. So, yeah. So it, it's a good have balance. Met, a lot of detail. Met, have you met his son? He's come back and is now working full time as a potter with his dad. He was telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. I called him. Uh, it's been a while now, but last time I talked to him, he said, "Yeah, his son came with him." So. That's yeah. awesome. That's all. Maybe I, one day it'll be potware pottery and sons. Who knows? Yeah, there you go. And he's doing. They're doing Brazilian drums, which is interesting to me. He was saying that. I thought, yeah. how do you make a drum out of pottery? I know, right? <laughs> well, like you said, you can do all sorts of stuff. So, yep. But you you add that contemporary flair to your work, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of both. Trying to bring bring in a little bit of both. So, so, so is that how you got started as a potter? Is seeing Terry Painter and getting into it, or what? What was in the, a way. Well, yeah. I, I went to school for it. My After high school, my best friend took a pottery class, and I, I, I wasn't in love with it. I thought, okay, you know, easy A, all right, I draw and paint, you know. I'm not into pottery, but after the first semester, my pottery professor said, Corey, you're the last one here. Semester's over. You don't have to go home. I don't care where you go. You can't stay here. Get your stuff and go. <laughs> so I had about 24 mugs that I needed to take on. And it, the day was young, you know, it, it didn't even really get started. It was about two o'clock. So I took my belt off, ran my belt through all the handles of the mugs, and then drove to Main Street and walked up and down Main Street peddling these things. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and uh, I got ran out of a few stores. That's a no-no. I didn't think about it. I was just trying to sell my mugs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but I was 18. I sold 24 mugs for $20 a piece in about two hours. That, made, that hooked you right there. That hooked you right that's there. That's when it clicked. I thought, <laughs> okay, I like pottery. I'll go into this. As long as I make a living being creative, I'm fine. So well, you know, that's the, how it happened. In the arts, there are certain things they say, like, you know, if you're a printer and, and as, a, as an art and as a visual artist, the printer always makes money. The other artists don't always make money, but yeah, yeah. You know, and right. the, the sculpt in the sculpting art arts, uh, a potter usually can make money, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. well, you got the best of both. You could sculpt, but I've always had my roots in production pottery. Yeah. You know, and that's exactly. I took an apprenticeship while I was at Hayward Community College with Brad Dodson in Boston. Oh wow! You know, so I studied with him while I was in school, and I mean, he really taught me a lot about production and bread and butter and what it takes you know yeah. so i've always got my roots in production yeah now yep. uh besides those guys you got any other uh, specific artists that you really uh, feel are uh, mentors or influencers uh, well i mean my professor his name was Stephen lloyd i wish he was with us you know today uh, yeah. but um he passed a while back but i've got one of his teapots and i've got it in a really special place you know and i'm always thinking about it. Yeah. You know, so as far as mentors and stuff, and he was real artsy, you know, he was real artsy. So I had that balance, which is unusual. Yeah. I, I had that artsy um, professor, but then I'd go to my apprenticeship, you know, where his craft, production, produce, quantity. So I had the best of both, both sides of the coin right off the bat, which is unusual and is a privilege. Right, yeah. So, uh, but other than that, of course, my, my dad, you know, I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, dad, I'm going to be a potter. And he was like, oh, yeah, are you? You know, let me see it, you know? So, <laughs> so over time, you know, that <laughs> that developed. If, <laughs> he was I told, always supportive. My mom too. If I had told my dad I was going to be a potter, he, asked, he would have said, don't smoke too much. <laughs> yeah, I know. He'd be like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't want a real job? So, come on, you know. <laughs> uh.
<laughs> so, uh, do you have, do you, how do you classify your work in the in the canon of it, or have you got your own uh, uh, genre? What do you what do you call it? Um, well, you know, I've got I've got twelve items that I make. You know, and um, that's you know mugs, bowls. I've got my production pieces, mixing bowls. You know, and it's all things that I'll crack open a history book and look at, and then put my own twist on it. Like mm-hmm. right now, what I'm focusing on now is um, it's a, a medieval technique, and Germans used it a lot too. It's called agate ware. It's where you use two different co- colors of clay. So I'll turn my stoneware pot, put the colored clay on it, and it it swirls. It looks like it's marble. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wow. it's yeah, and to me, what I love about it is that it captures how fast that pot was spinning. So even after it's fired, that thing, you can tell it spun around my wheel a thousand miles an hour turning it. It captures that motion. Oh, and wow. So even though it's a medieval technique and the Germans used it, I still put my little spin on it and it can be modern and minimal too. Now you, so, now you, do, you don't do, use electric spinning, right? You use your own foot speed, is that right? Exactly. I've got a kick wheel that I use a Lockerbie kick wheel. I jazzed it up a little bit, put a little brass light switch on it. Now it's got a motor, but it's also a free spinning wheel. And I've got my treadle wheel. I drove up to Kentucky to get that thing. It was so beautiful. And what is that? You know, it's you lean up on a board, you lean up on it. And this is what traditional North Carolina potters used. You, you've got the big pan. This is the three by four. So it's a box with a spinning wheel in it, with the wheel head. And it's got a board that comes out that you lean on on one leg. With your other leg, you're kicking a board which spins the the weight at the bottom to turn the wheel head. Uh-huh. So you're constantly kicking, constantly kicking. It's got a lot of torque. Once you get going, you're fine. You know. Well, don't, uh, don't, if you if you do a lot of work that way, don't it mean that you start favoring one leg in a different way? <laughs> you, you cannot switch legs. If I take off too fast, I hang a hard left, and I'm like, oh, easy. You know, yeah. <laughs> I run in circles if I go to run too fast. <laughs> oh, wow. That's interesting. And, and yeah, and, and you use ash in your, in your work, right? Exactly. I, I do. What is that? I do. I use a lot of wood ash in it. Wood ash has been predominantly the go-to, especially with North Carolina pottery and especially Western North Carolina pottery, uh, mainly because, you know, they had to use the wood to fire the kiln. So wood ash was in abundance. And uh, they saw that if the, the pots in the front of the kiln that was getting blasted by all this fire and blasted by all this heat and ash would have drips on it. And what they would do is they would sieve it down, put it on top of the clay, on top of the pot, and that heat would melt it because what it is is silica. That hmm. tree, whenever it's alive, it pulls up silica from the ground. That's why it's so rigid. It needs silica to be strong. Right. So, yeah. So that silica is exactly what melts and creates those drips in wood-fired pieces and with using ash glazes, even in an electric kiln. So it's really, and what's really neat, let me tell you this, what's really neat is the softer the wood, the greener the ash, the density actually follows the color wheel by the color of the ash. So if it's a soft wood, it's green, medium yellow. And if it's a hard wood, it's orange or brown. Wow, that's very cool. it's yeah, just to uncover one of these natural phenomena. I mean, it's just neat. Wow. Yeah. Well, cool. So uh so we're gonna take another break here. When we come back, uh 
We'll uh, find more about it, about what your process and the things you've been doing. All right. All right. Howdy. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest Corey Plot. Hey Corey, so um, you hey. made some mugs and uh, jugs for us at the at the Plot Fest that was held this year. Uh, what is what does it take? How do you? What's the process of making a, a, a jug or a mug? Okay, so what I'll do start to finish is uh, um, I'll get the clay and I'll wedge it. So what I'll do is I'll loosen it up a little bit. I'll take the block of clay out, unless I've dug it. If it's a special batch and I've dug it, let's start there. Say I've dug it and I'm mixing some local clay in with some clay I've already got. I'll sieve it down, get the rocks out of it, you know, at least the big rocks. Leave a few of them in there for character, you know. Right. Uh, but I'll sieve it down, I'll mix it in there with it, and then I'll begin to wedge it. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll wedge it by, um, it's, it, gosh, it's called a, a spiral wedge. So I'll knead it, basically. You just knead it in the same way over and over. And clay actually has a memory in it whenever it's turning and whenever it's firing. So and, if you, I and, went, and you use a lot of yeah. local clay, you said? Yeah, I do. Now, just like what you had mentioned, it, it's more of a special art form. I don't do it in my plates and bowls, but I'll yeah. do it for a teapot or I'll do it for a rooster. I'll do it for the nicer pieces to add a little homage, you know, and an honor to using this local clay. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll knead it in, I'll wedge it together, and I'll make sure that I wedge it in such a way that it's spiraling in the same way that whenever I put it on the wheel, in the same direction. Now, that's wow. a neat little trick. It's got a memory. Right. And just like whenever you fire it, it'll untwist a little bit. 
Oh. It'll move. Yeah. So, so I put it on the wheel in the same direction I need it in, and I'll get that kick wheel going. I'll get the momentum. I'll start kicking on that treadle wheel, center it, open it up, and stand it up. So you just kind of reach in there and squeeze it and pull it up as far as you can with your inside hand up a little bit above your outside hand, pushing up and pushing in because the centrifugal force will want to push it out. Right. So to put, keep it pushed in and collared up straight, that's the best thing to do. Then after once I've turned it to the height that I need, I'll use a piece of metal called a rib and then I'll smooth it out. So I'll put my hand back in there with my rib on the outside and smooth it out and scrape all that wet clay off, which compresses the pot for durability. Wow. So once I get it to the shape that I need, I always measure my stuff. If you've seen any of my time lapses or any of my videos on Facebook, I've been trying to do a lot more, a little bit more in that since shows slowed up a little bit. Yeah. I figured, well, I better go virtual now. I guess I have to, you know? I so know. I got my yeah. yardstick out. I'm always measuring. I'm always shooting for consistency, which is another old school way. I don't make one-off batches. I make dozens of the same thing, mm -hmm. similar sizes. So once it's turned, wait a night, let it get leather hard, and then put a handle on it. I'll pull and stretch a handle and then put a handle on it so it's stiff enough whenever I'm pushing on it, putting that handle on, it's not going to push the pot in and deform it. Right. Yep. And then you fire it? Well, I'll let it dry out. I'll let it dry out for a couple of weeks, yeah. And then yeah. I'll fist fire it. So I'll fire it to about 1,200 degrees, which is low. Most potters go to 1,600. But I'm just trying to get just what I need to get, you know, and that's good right. about stoneware. Stoneware's got a little leeway. So I'll fire it to 1,200, pull it out, and it's like a terracotta pot. Right. There's no glaze. It's, it's got a little ting, but it's, it's a terracotta pot, basically. Then I'll put the glaze on it. I'll pour the body of the glaze, and then dip the top in the ashes. Wipe the bottom, because if you don't wipe the bottom, it'll fuse to the shell. Right. You know? Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So wipe the bottom, sign it, plot, and put the year on it, put it in the kiln, and then I'll fire it to 2,300 degrees, 2,350. Right. Wow. And then, man, then it comes out. It's got a nice ting. It's got a good ring. If it's cracked in any way, you'll hear it. I'll tell you my wedding ring on it, and you can just hear it. You know, if it's got a crack or if it's flawed, you can tell right away. But and what do you do come out ring it. You throw them out? <laughs> I do. I yeah. really do. Yep. Oh, wow. I've got a spot um, off, off to the edge of my property because there's a lot. Yeah. You know, over time, there's a lot. Yeah. You know, and many, uh, kind of a bend. And how many times? I read somewhere you've done, like tons of clay a year? Eight tons. The most Eight I've tons. ever turned is eight tons of clay, 5,500 pots. Wow. And I, the way that I do that, I've got 12 items that I make, and that's it. I'm focused. Right. I'm not, you know, I'm not off in space. I got my feet on the ground. You know, right. I've got a plan. So I do 12 items. Each week, I'll do just one batch of each item. Right. So what I mean is I'll do 350 pounds of batter balls. You know, or I'll do a quarter ton. Uh, pitchers like if they're eight pounds you might be able to do a quarter ton a week and then so then every 12 weeks comes around which is a quarter right my year's planned out quarterly then i come back on the rotation and it's been a while since i've made mugs because it's been three months and then i could do it again you know yeah. keeps it fresh <laughs> so yeah. uh 
So where do you get all that clay? Well, I, you know what? I buy, I buy it by the ton, to be honest with you. I really yeah. do. I buy it by the ton from high water clay. They make great clays. I use Zellastone. I love it. It's a light clay. It reminds me of um, pipe clay, which is what we have here. It's a light um, gray clay. And it's, it's here in these mountains. It's pipe clay. And then there's another kind of clay. It's like a real bronzy kind of green clay. But Zellastone reminds me of pipe clay, which is here. Oh, so and that's so, why. That's, I that's, so that so you, you get all your clay from that one source, or you you get some local clay from somewhere? Exactly. People will reach out to me. They'll say, "Hey, Corey, uh, you know, I've got this vein of clay," and I'll say, "Now, you sure it's clay? You know, can you make a pretzel out of it?" And they'll say, "Yeah, yeah. it's clay." So then I'll go get it. I'll go get some, and then mix it in with these specialty pieces. Oh, that's good. But I remember cool. at uh, Haywood Community College. They dug out the um, foundation for um, the new um, Hazelwood Elementary School on Plot Creek. Right. They had this huge deposit of clay. I mean, dump truck loads of this stuff. And that's all I turned in college was the local clay. Wow. So, yep. I'd process that and turn it out. So, so um, you know, uh, the Cherokee had a long tradition of uh, making uh, pottery as well. How does, how does your work as a potter compare to what the Cherokee do? Well, well, Cherokee, the Cherokee's got an awesome history. A lot of their, their pieces were um, uh, pit-fired, like a pit-fired earthenware, mm-hmm. which is neat. You know, it, 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 um, it actually, they'll burnish the pot so much. They'll use a round stone and burnish it to where it compresses the surface of the clay so much to where it's, it's not waterproof, but it's usable. You know, they don't have to glaze it. It could be fired at a lower temperature because they put the elbow grease and burnish that pot so much to where it'll hold food and water fine and has for years, centuries. Really? Oh, yeah. So they, they don't glaze. They don't glaze. But they'll uh-huh. use the pit firing and the burnishing to make it food safe, which is fine. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So, but now here's something. Now, I didn't know this, speaking of Cherokee, until I read The White Road, which is a book by Edmund DeWall. And uh, the White Road mentioned that back in the 1760s, Wed- Josiah Wedgwood, you know, Wedgwood Pottery, Stoke-on-Trent, England, way across the world, heard about Cherokee. And actually, Cherokee has some of the finest porcelain on the earth. I they, mean, had it, the kaolin, that, they had kaolin right there. And that, whatever yeah, goes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. And kaolin mo- mo- mining there, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Now, even on the other side of the world in the 1760s, Wedgwood found out about it. So the mountains have always been just, I mean, just so, so full of natural material. It's not even funny. It's been on the map for centuries. So. Is there still kaolin yeah. in these mountains? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Cool. They just don't mind it as much anymore, though. Right. Probably not. Just not much of it. Yeah. Exactly. I think I think the need for it went down a little bit. Stuff comes and goes. You know, the, the need was there. Now it might not be. You know, so yeah. So what's what's the biggest piece of pottery you've made? Biggest piece is um, I've actually got it. I uh, I was at the village of yesteryear working in the North Carolina State Fair with my treadle wheel. I I, I love the North Carolina State Fair. You know, and I I just oh, love yeah. the village. Yeah, you got to dress colonial. You got to demonstrate. It's all about teaching people. It's all about teeth, but I turned this sectional piece and um, it was on my little treadle wheel. Nobody would have guessed it, but I turned a 12 pound base and then with a 12, anyway, it was four sections. 
Uh-huh. And then I, I turned this thing so tall on purpose with these different shapes and it looked pretty. But what I had to do, I had to, whenever I had a crowd watching me do this and I was demonstrating and teaching this, I had to call a little kid. I said, hey, little buddy, come here. I need you to kick this because I'm going to have to get on this stool so I can reach the top of this pot. <laughs> so uh, here he goes, man. I had this little kid. He was working that little thing. He was rowing like a boat. He you probably know, had the time of his life. Hill. And I was just sitting up there up top hoping I didn't have to slow down. See what's going to happen with that guy down there helping well, me. You know what I mean? So well, I mean, just yeah. playing it. But hey, it's, what, what, it's, what, what, what kind of pot was it? Well, it was a big vase. I turned a big vase with a really tall neck, and then I ended up putting two of my rooster heads off of it. Real ornate, (laughs) real wild. I mean, just total demonstration. It's about four foot tall, and I've got it in the house. I don't know how I got that thing back in one piece, but I did. So, Uh, but yeah, yeah. And that's, that's part of my passion. Anything I can do to inspire somebody, anything I can do to teach somebody, to show a little kid, in this virtual world that you can make things with your hands, that you do have good ideas. That's what I'm here to do. Wow. So you yep. do, I, I mean, you've mentioned mugs and uh, jugs and vases and roosters. Uh, do you do lamps and tables? I just got into lamps. Yeah, I yeah. really did. I just got into lamps because uh, I was looking at um, Christopher um, Spitzmiller, I think. I've never met him or nothing, but I was just looking at his videos up in New York. You made me think of it whenever you mentioned New York. Uh, and uh, But anyway, um, he makes nothing but lamps. And I thought, dang, that'd be the life. Make nothing but lamps. That'd be pretty <laughs> fancy. You know, that'd be cool. So. <laughs> you, could be, you could be the Thomas Pitkin Cade of, uh, of potters and be the, the potter of light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we have to take another break, and uh, we'll come to the last segment. We'll talk a little bit about uh, things you like in North Carolina and uh, finish up talking about how they can even find out about your pottery. Okay. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership, here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
is Joseph Franklin McElroy with the back with the gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Corey Plot. So Corey, you know, I, I hate to admit it, but uh, 50 years ago, I was in elementary school at Rock Hill Elementary and in, in, in down on Jonathan Creek. Uh, seems like a, only yesterday, but we used to make uh, in class pottery. I remember that, like candle holders and ashtrays. Did you have to do that growing up? Oh yeah, yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I had Miss O'Laughlin in middle school, and Miss Buchanan in in elementary school, and uh, both of them just such nice people that you know slow their roll and teach, and you know, I mean, that really left a mark. So, and what what kind of pottery was that? Do you remember Uh, back then? Yeah, what was it? What kind of pottery was it? Was it uh, was it earthware or was it stone? Uh, what do you think? Oh, yeah, it was earthenware. It was earthenware. Yeah. All right. And cool. uh, I remember uh, my high school teacher, Mr. E. Laser. He was a, uh, a a sergeant and then he went into art teaching. And his favorite phrase was draw until your nose bleeds. You know, he don't get up until you're done drawing. Just draw, draw, draw. And <laughs> so he, he sat me down with a piece of clay and he said, I want you to take all day and just do one thing. So, anyway, I made a little planter and it had this little face on it. And that face had so many details because he made me sit there and do it all day. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll never forget that either. So, so yeah. Uh, wow. So um, what's your, what's your favorite thing to create? Um, my favorite thing to create, definitely my roosters, you know, uh, there's so You're much. About them fondly. Yeah. I, I actually want to I talk love about, them. I want some roosters yeah. for the Meadowlark. All right. We're going to talk about that. Okay. Uh, oh good. yeah. So <laughs> I, I like roosters. I got we got them in the rep, a few metal ones, but some stoneware ones might be pretty good. All oh right. yeah, that'd be good. Maybe that'd we get a six good. foot. Maybe we get a six foot tall one. <laughs> hey man. Hey. Hey. One day it's coming. <laughs> Don't tempt me. I'll do it. <laughs> there you go. All right. Are Are you planning to do any other mediums, or are you going to break out of your twelve uh, uh, twelve items, or is this uh, committed for a while? Uh, well, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could. Yeah. I mean, I, I've thought about getting a little wood lathe, you know, but I thought yeah. I don't need another, you know, I can't, it's too much of me. It's yeah. too, pottery's too much of me. I yeah. mean, you know, it's, you know, I just can't, you know, I sketch and yeah. stuff, but I don't paint. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't paint anymore just because I found such well, a love for it. If you, yeah, you know, it's a love thing. And, and stick to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's um, so versatile. You can't get bored. It's so yeah. versatile. You can do anything. Oh, potters are great. Cra- cra- yeah, yeah. you, you can live a whole life. Most potters start out as potters. They end up as potters. They just love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If you love it from the get go, you just, yeah, because of the, the, uh, the medium itself is like, a just, uh, you know, gets into your, your, your sensory, you know, uh, aesthetic and you just yep. can't leave it. Yeah. So uh, do you teach? Do you do any kind of classes? Workshops? One day. One day yeah. I'll teach. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of my, that's my plan later down the road. After, after I've done it, you know what I mean? Quite a while, you yeah. know, um, and maybe well, one I, day I'll I'm, have I'm a, a job. I'm going to tease you. Bob's trying to put together some summer camps at the middle. Oh, okay. Maybe, oh, oh. oh, maybe he'd like to do <laughs> oh. some kid, kid camps, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Or parent kids, <laughs> things like that. So, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I like to do, all right, is um, is also you, you live in Haywood County and you're in the gateway to the Smokies. And, uh, you know, and uh, people listen to this like to know new things. Now, we give them a lot of ideas about pottery and places to go. Is there any other pottery places you'd recommend them to go? 
Oh, well, well, um, um, one of my favorite little towns is Dillsboro. You know, oh, go yeah. by Dillsboro, check it out. Beautiful stretch. You get the train right there. The train will take you there. You know, um, Costa's great place to eat. But my favorite place is uh, uh, Dogwood Crafters. Dogwood Crafters. They, they've got Dillsboro? such a unique shop. Yeah, in Dillsboro. They've all got right. such a unique shop. All these different mediums. So many different artists. I mean, it's just wild that you can fit that many things under one roof. I mean, really. They helped oh. me back 10 years ago for a scholarship for uh, at Haywood Community College. And so yeah. I've become a part of them and a part of what they do and put my pottery in there as well and uh, help them um, get more scholarships for future students and for future craftspeople. I mean, you can't beat it. Oh, I you love Dillsboro. It's only like 25 minutes from Maggie. And so it's an easy little for trip for our guests to go to and really oh, have yeah. a wonderful little day trip, catch the train, do that too. It's like an old steam train. It's uh it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful experience. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, any places in Clyde or Canton that you got, you would recommend going to eat? Uh, well, I mean, you, you know, you, the pioneers always there. You can go to yeah. the pioneer. In Clyde, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been in Clyde. It's great. It's, it's been there forever, right? It's been there forever. I like to go to the Blue Rooster. Oh, like Blue, Rooster, the Blue Rooster. Yeah, we've mentioned yeah. that. Before. Yeah. Not a lot of people That's know That's the only about place. That. Yeah, they're about the only place with uh, chicken livers. And they got chicken good shrimp and grits there, livers. too. It's really good. Yeah. Really good shrimp and grits. It's not. It's in a mall, but, you know, it's a it's a good place. It's like a real country place. You know, really not. It's really good. I mean, it's really good. Yeah. 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 So, um so tell me how people can go and find out more about your pottery, buy it even, order it. How, where, 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 where can people look you up? Well, you know, I'm really going to pile a lot into Dogwood Crafters. You know, there's going to be a lot of Dogwood Crafters. Also, Mountain Nest Gallery in Black Mountain with Steve right. Anderson. Yep, Steve and Tina Anderson. Sweet people. I mean, you go in there, they've got so many different things. Just the shop and what they put together. I mean, I, with Mountain Nest, I'm just glad to be a part of it. I mean, really, I'm. And what's I'm their, tickled do you know what their website what is? Doing. You know what their website is? I think it's Mountain Nest Gallery. Mountain and, Nest what Gallery. About, and what about the uh, Dogwood one? Do you know what their website is? Uh, I think it's DogwoodCrafters.com. All right, and yeah. then you have uh, you have a Facebook page for Plotware, right? Yeah, for exactly. Plot. Yeah, I let my website expire because yeah. I'm, I'm changing the look a lot. Yeah. I'm changing the look. I'm going to change the way I do it a little bit. Normally, I just wholesale. And I've always loved wholesaling and working shows because to me, wholesaling is old school. Yeah. You know, you get you work from home. It's a real cottage industry. You know, you work from home, you crank it out. I literally take it to these shops, you know, at not just Dogwood Crafters and uh, Black Mountain, you know, at, uh, and uh, Mountain Nest, not just them. But I have several shops. If I was working a show in that area, I would send pictures and reach out to the galleries in that area and wholesale it to them. I'm talking old school, 50, 50, right. you know, they'd come by at the end of the show and just about wipe me out, you know, and they'd <laughs> come in, they'd love the look. And we start talking Turkey, 50, 50, oh, you know? Great. And yeah, um, so I love that. And I'm, I don't, I don't know if I'll, I'm sure I'll have a shop and that's probably whenever I'll be ready to teach, Yeah, you know, but I'm not worried about that. I like having the flexibility. I'll get up at five and crank it out. You yeah. know, so well, let me let me ask you what what how can people follow you personally? You, do you um do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have a, a Twitter? You have a 
uh, someplace, a Facebook page that they can just find out about you and what you're doing? So, so this year I've been focusing on Facebook. This last year I was been focusing most on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, but um, this year, like I said, I'm going to reinvent the website. A lot of pictures are going to be coming. I'm going to do a YouTube channel. So instead of the time-lapse videos, it's going to be more of me slowing down, teaching, you know, showing what I'm doing, mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, on YouTube. All so right. I've got to come around to it. I'm an old soul. I don't want to be staring at a computer all day. I want to be making pots, but I got to do a lot of marketing, you know, and that's yeah. fine. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited for the right. challenge. So it's going to be fun. So well, feel free to call me. I know all about that stuff. All right. So yeah, <laughs> all of okay. marketing, yeah. <laughs> so I want to thank you so much for uh, being on this show. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in June at the plot fest and more of your yeah. mugs. Uh, and then I think we're going to, you're going to be at the, the mountain metal Arc mountain heritage festival later in the year. Right. Yeah. So yep. anyway, anybody, anyway, Bob says, and, uh, <laughs> him, him, being a rel him being a relative of yours, I guess he's got oh, a little yeah. bit of pull. <laughs> oh, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank uh -oh. you for thank you for being on here. All right. Hey, uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks cool. for the opportunity. Thanks for right. taking the time. Hope it didn't take yeah. up too much of your time. I'm no. glad to be here. So, um, the, I'm going to do a little promotion here. The uh, Metal Arc is having a weekday getaway special combined with the kids' ski-free promotion at at, uh, at uh, Cataloochee. So if you come and arrive on a Sunday or Tuesday, or Sunday through Tuesday at the Metal Arc and stay overnight, you're going to get a, a, a third. You're going to get a th third night free on your stay. So you stay two and you, you stay three nights. You get only pay for two. And your kids, one of your kids, if an adult goes with them and pays for themselves, the kid gets to go skiing for free at Cataluche. So reach out and go to the MetalArcMotel.com, reserve a, a three-day stay starting on Monday through Tuesday, Sunday through Tuesday, and we'll arrange for you to get a, a free, free, uh, free tickets for your kids. Now, if you... Um, if you need guides and things to do in the mountains, go to the metalarkmotel.com site and go to store or shop, and you can find guides and, uh, and uh, books and all sorts of things to help you enjoy your adventures in the mountains. Now, uh, so uh, be sure to go there. And then our, you can find this, po this podcast at facebook.com slash gateway to the Smokies podcast um, or at smokiesadventure.com. They have a link to the, to the, the podcast. We're part of the talkradio.nyc network. There's a lot of great shows here. Uh, all, a lot of them about travel, and there's others about shopping. There's ones about New York. There's all sorts of things. So stay tuned. Listen to more live podcasts uh, on, this, on this network. And I'll see you next Tuesday uh, from 6 to 7, talking about the Gateway to Smokies again. And talk to you later. Bye.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc.